You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. Rolling. Okay. Three, two, one, Q. And oh. it's terrible. There's no need for any kind of that stuff at all. No room in this in this country for that kind of behavior. Boy, John, that just makes you sick, doesn't it? Fourteen seconds left. The crowd reacting. And these officials really need to get off the field. And you know what? The fans got to stop throwing crap. We just saw a guy get hit in the head and he's down, split his head wide open. The fans have got to control themselves. People are getting hurt. Live from the world-famous Laugh Factory on the Sunset Strip, this is the Fanatics Podcast with your host, Sean Joshi. Happy Wednesday, everybody, and what was a short week? It was Veterans Week, Lori mm-hmm. Douglas, was it not? It was. How did you celebrate your Veterans Day? I came out here and watched some comedy. You came out here to the Laugh Factory and watched some comedy? I Look did. at you putting in homework. I know. I was watching the New Faces showcase. New fa- oh, are they still doing that? Yeah. Who was on the New Faces showcase? Vanessa Johnston, uh, Mona Miri. Your friend, Vanessa yes. Johnston. We did yes. the show at the parlor a couple weeks ago. Nice. It's a good show. Yeah. So there's some nice. good people on there. I love how people don't give a shit about veterans on Veterans Day. Like everybody was working on Veterans Day this yeah. year. I feel like each and every year it's like more and more like nobody works it's like uh respect the veterans now here's a fucking mop yeah no they're like please get back to work <laughs> get back like, to even it. even the veterans get yeah. back to work but and there's that, a lot of posts there's i feel like every year where there's more oh more you post we we lead patriotism in terms of posting per, pretty much but not point. in actually like doing anything no like no one's like doing veterans health care yeah. ah, who gives a shit or veterans do you know a lot of businesses don't like to hire veterans yeah because they have a lot of times they have reserve duty or they have to go report to their bases for a couple, you know, weekend or a couple weekends every couple months and they won't hire. Even companies like Rhymes with Mama Knows Pizza. Yeah, Isn't no, that ridiculous? Wrong. So wrong. Do you know how I spent my Veterans Day? How do you spend your I spent day? my Veterans Day actively not getting laid. That's what I did. Oh man. Isn't yes. that every day? That is pretty much every day. <laughs> I took my girlfriend to Disneyland. I go, here we go. Figure, you know, a little $200 tickets. Let's take some edibles. You know what I mean? We'll get a little headache. Because Disneyland, they don't serve any booze in that place. Can you believe that? Like one place in Adventureland and the other park, they serve booze. Can you imagine, though? Like, that would really make that memory shitty, though, if you, like... You got shit face. Yeah. In Florida, man. Gets yeah, like drunk. Some, and I mean, in Florida, they can't, they can't risk that in Florida. <laughs> Maybe not in Florida, they but we're can. good and civilized people. Yeah, you know? for the most part. But it would be weird to be... I could never never land or whatever those rides are and you're like sitting next to like a guy and girl and they're getting like finger banged because they're drunk I know but that would kind of make it more interesting because I'm sitting here on the Pinocchio thing and you know the thing about Disneyland is if Disneyland was built today nobody would go see it it's like getting back off of nostalgia alone. All the rides are literally you sit in the caravan and you go through and little marionettes like wave at yeah, you. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. So I was like, we're going to need some kind of substance abuse for this. So on short notice, you know, settle on edibles, which you can pick up here, which is fine. But edibles are like, like serious. You know what I mean? Like it's like some edibles are like buying third class tickets to the Titanic, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. without the fun scene where you're dancing in third class. Oh, completely. You know, so 
edibles can also get really heavy. You also right? just don't know how much you take. You, you don't all know it how takes much you so take. long for it to kick in. So by the time it does, yeah. you either are like way far gone <laughs> or you just eat more and then become far exactly. gone. Exactly. But that's like a body high. Why don't you guys edibles. just get high? Oh, we were. We were smoking too. You know, we wouldn't smoke in so much. It's like at that point where it's like you got to get a lot to get there. But um so I thought it would be hilarious to take edibles and she hates roller coasters of uh-huh. any kind and description and she's a little asthmatic so i thought it would be funny not to tell her about anything about space mountain which isn't even that bad but it is kind of a roller coaster it's actually a lot worse than i thought so <laughs> we're sitting there i'm like i'm not gonna say anything otherwise she's not gonna do it it's gonna be the last ride of the day you know what i mean and she'll think it's funny ha 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 right yeah we get it it locks it i go hey uh babe by the way this is the scariest uh ride in disney the look on her face was right as you guys are about to go off instant hatred like it's a hatred and i'm going on the ride and it's like going whirl and there's like g-forces and shit and i'm like oh my god this is bad this is like like my neck is i felt like you ever seen big lebowski yes the german nihilist (laughs) like that was like the german nihilist fever dream from the Big Lebowski, because I don't like roller coasters either, right? Uh huh. So, so then I came out. And I was like, "Babe, look at this hilarious picture where I'm laughing, and you're literally <laughs> look like you're scared for your she life." She looks like she's about to die. <laughs> and so that was it. I didn't get laid. She I didn't, didn't get laid. It was laid. funny. And she's it was like, like, "I'm not I'm fucking not, you." I'm not fucking so yeah, I was like the guy. I was like two hundred dollars. I thought at least I get some car action. You know, Disneyland Veterans Day, help the troops out. I mean, I'm not a veteran. But I did play Medal of Honor, and I stormed those beaches in Normandy, Lori Douglas. <laughs> it took me at least seven, eight, nine lives to get through that. Yeah, no, those crowds aren't easy. Yeah, I mean, I've done a, my fair share of Call of Duty, so I, I On feel the beaches of Normandy. I felt like that guy who, like, uh, you know, it's like, oh, what's up? Yeah, uh, uh, even though we've never been on a date before or hung out twice, do you want to go uh, to Spain with me this weekend? You know, I promise you won't have to touch my wiener, but it's strongly implied. You it's know? so implied. It's 100% implied. It's 100%. Have you had a situation like that? Uh, yeah, numerous times. <laughs> What's the move? Like, how does that go down? Well, there was this one time I was working, and this guy was super cool. We were like... Working. You were working at the HHS Hollywood Hotspot, the parlor? Yeah. No, I was actually working at Little Beach House in Malibu at this time. Oh, and, so it was like MHS. So, hot, so it was like super Shout out to Malibu. Fancy. No longer stands. It's smoldering in the it's ashes. Horrible. Yeah, but good. But we should all volunteer. Uh, so I'm there. This guy's there, and he... He, had, like, is one of the first males I've ever seen that had hips. The first males that have hips. Hips. Like, he was shaped like a pear, he's, which was just very off-putting. Ah, oh, he's got so those like, voluptuous child Yeah, so, like, he was, he was... Like, you're thinking maybe I could put a baby or two in those things. Completely. Like, yeah, he's yeah, got to be yeah, hiding yeah, something. Yeah, 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 And he can even get it out easy. Like, yeah. one of those 18th century, like, Russian lady hips. You completely. know what I mean? Yeah. It didn't take me, like... Are I you was, Now, are you into that? You're saying that, like, no. very... No. Well, because when he said he looked like... He could be in shape. And then he yeah. stood and I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so you're not into a man with, with I lady don't hips. Want, no, I don't want a man with bigger hips than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I just can't handle that. You can't handle I that. I can't hang with that. So he was like shooting the shit with me talking like marketing. And he's like, like what's up, girl? Like, you doing like all this marketing, marketing stuff. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm What's up? You know about shit. the Dow Jones? Uh, <laughs> buy low, sell high. Did you know about that one? That was exactly what he said. Oh, like, no shit. Let's talk more. I think I got my stock tips from that you, guy. Yeah, I think so. So he he seemed like a, just a cool person to talk to. So I was like, yeah, maybe I'll go to dinner with you sometime. And yeah. then he would come in, and then he started getting super sloppy. Then hits me up and is like, 
hey, I'm going to Miami. I don't have a lot of close people in my life. Would you want to come with me? I think that we would have a lot of fun. I'm going to Miami. I don't have a close. <laughs> I don't have a lot of close people in my life because I'm probably a serial killer. Would you like to go to Miami with me? I was like, oh, he's like, I'll pay for everything. I was like, I bet you would. He's like, you can lay on the beach during my meetings, and then I'll lay with you. Oh like, my god, during his meetings. There's nothing douchier than a dude in his meetings. Oh, there's nothing. Like, worse. there's like a, no, business people so feel so self-important when they talk about their meetings i know like i just love to walk through airports and just find the guy you know the guy who oh, yeah. talks really loud about business on his cell phone Completely. you know that guy he can't even get off the phone because he's so busy he can't even time. get it up at night because he's so busy all the time all the time all the time i don't even have time for sex i but just have my, to continue with my meetings miami's not even like exotic you know no. what i mean also too like, like throwing like a puerto rico at a minimum yeah. or something i know i had someone offer to take me to spain spain and is like, good See Spain, you're like see you have to think about that because you're like life experience. Was he like separate hotel room? Was he like same hotel room? He was like down for it, and then I was like, I can't, I can't do any of that. I don't even know you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when you offer that, like on the second date, it's like, what's? I mean, I guess that maybe that's why I don't date a lot of rich people because like I get turned off by that. So like maybe that's. Well, I think the move move is there is you're trying to circumvent having to earn it or put your time in or having the requisite wit or charm to be able to get to that stage. So it's just like, hey, you've never been to Spain before. You want to come to Spain? And then you can say like, yo, you'll have your own room or this or that. But really what you're thinking is you put the move in. No. Yeah. Well, she's got nowhere to go. I would never go overseas like with on a, a boat but no ever i would never do that shit like that always sunny episode where dad is like you know because they're on the boat because they're on the boat they're on the boat i couldn't do it yeah that's hilarious um i've never had offered a woman has never offered to buy me tickets to spain i'm shocked by that i know i wish they would but i don't know that's awkward it's almost as awkward as group work you know what i mean mm-hmm. one of the things i hated most in school was group work one because i'm a hard person to jive with you know because yeah. i don't plan shit well as you probably <laughs> yes. as you probably picked up on you know what i mean plus i just hate that other person in group work you know the guy who cares too much yeah. but he's too hard to get along with yeah. You know, it's like so rare that you have somebody gel. You know what I mean? It's tough to gel. Right. And it's been, you know, a few weeks since the NBA season has started. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to go look through an early NBA season catch up. An NBA season, quote unquote, group work, early season looking. Tommy, can we get some intro music for that? Here we are, our NBA early season group work intro special. Cue it up, Tommy. Bam, 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 bam. Yo, so beautiful. Tommy, these are starting to kind of sound similar. I'm not going to lie. Uh, well, <laughs> that one, that one I had played out the computer, actually. <laughs> oh, you played out the Amazing. It's the early season with groups. Oh, that one oh. is good. There we go, Tommy. <laughs> now I'm feeling a hype in segment. <laughs> Thank I'm you. Hype. Our first group work gone awry is in Houston. With the Rockets and Carmelo. Here's Tracy McGrady. Now that Carmelo has been waived uh, by yet another team or let go by his uh, second team in as many seasons, this is what Tracy McGrady offers in terms of advice to one Carmelo Anthony. As for Carmelo Anthony, while reporting, his representatives are exploring potential landing spots. 
that he is not expected back with the Rockets this season. Mm. We talked about this Sad. briefly yesterday, Tracy, but where do you think Melo lands next? You know what? I, I honestly think Melo should retire. I, I really do. <laughs> I don't want him to go through another situation like this and people just are just pouring negativity on this man's legacy. I really think because it hasn't worked out the last two right. uh, teams, just go ahead and you have a Hall of Fame career. I could argue that it hasn't worked out in any four teams that Melo has been I, on. I he, agree with you on that one. He hasn't sure. had sustained success anywhere. So it's like, which potential landing spots? I don't know, China? Does Puerto Rico have a basketball league? You know what I mean? Like, personally, I'm going to be sad, for one, because we were talking about wide hips guy. Mm -hmm. You know, my favorite NBA player with breasts will now be retiring. Oh. You know? Yeah. Because I'm like skinny fat. Yeah. You know, I love skinny fat. You know what skinny that. fat is? Oh, for sure. I skinny do. fat is where you have the frame of a man. Yeah. But when you take off your shirt, you have the breasts of an adorable 19-year-old lesbian. I'm skinny tits. fat. And when I look at when I look at Carmelo, I'm saying, hey, there's a guy that matches me. You and know look, what I mean? And look at him out there. Look not, at him not, out there. Not doing well in group Look work. at those tits jiggling. <laughs> those titties Not go. jibing with the rest of the team. God, whose tits are you going to look at now? Whose tits am I going to look at in the NBA Jesus now? everything. I can't look at Ginobili's hairline. I can't look at Carmelo's tits. I have nothing left in the NBA uh, to connect with. But yeah, this has been one that didn't work, which you could have told anybody at the beginning of the year. The Rockets worked last year because of their defense and uh, specifically because of Luke Maba, Amute, and Trevor Ariza, who has since moved on to the Phoenix Suns. It turns out replacing perimeter defense with a man with tits, eh, generally does not work out well. But now it's kind of funny because uh, people don't know where Carmelo's going to go, or even if he can go or play in the league, which is kind of very sad. He was um, next to LeBron the most touted in that class, and now all that is left is a husk of Dwayne Wade down to Miami and of course LeBron James in Los Angeles who is going through group work issues of his own Lori Douglas now I would just say this first and foremost being in Los Angeles uh during the beginning of the reign of let's say King LeBron if he's still called that uh there hasn't been much buzz or hype in town no, not at all. There was for like that first two weeks, and then it just There's died. nothing. Like, you don't hear like, oh, we got to see Braun. Oh, we got to go to this. There was more hype to go see Lakers games when they were like 20 and 60 when Kobe was here, mm -hmm. just by the sheer fact that maybe Kobe is playing tonight. Yeah. Because he was doing that weird thing where he wasn't really playing every He's home like, game. He's like, eh, maybe there. I'll play he today. Might be there. I might not be. Like, that was a season where Kobe just practiced like, yeah, like, way Man. more than he played and everything. But, yeah, there's not any buzz in around the Lakers and there's just kind of a weird energy for one you had um Magic Johnson two weeks into the season coming after Luke Walton and saying that his job was in jeopardy which like dish juicy dish group work yeah. group work head of group work owner of the team Jeannie Buss loves Luke Walton would never let that happen. So there's already drama going on in L.A. before the season even gets going. Then you have LeBron, which sometimes I think LeBron is like a great businessman and he's like really smart. And then I think he lacks all and complete self-awareness, you know. So this is LeBron uh, talking yeah, no about. perfect. <laughs> talking Michael was perfect just not in his personal life, which I don't <laughs> care about, man. That's of indiscretion. I don't give a shit about that. Um but here's what LeBron said regarding uh, the struggling Lakers. I haven't changed anything outwardly, but you know me. 
You know how I am. I almost cracked last week. I had to sit back and remind myself, expletive. I'm going to put in fuck. Let's put in LeBron said fuck. Okay. okay. Even though I feel like it's a shit, we're going to put in a fuck. I feel like it's a shit. Yeah. Fuck, you knew what you were getting yourself into, James told Yahoo Sports, while laughing after Saturday's win in Sacramento. This process has been good for me. I just have to continue being patient. I had to regroup and remember this is a young team. Uh, we're playing some good ball right now. We're starting to build some good habits. That's all that matters right now. And, like, the thing to me is, like, Magic Johnson can get mad all that he wants, but this particular group work experiment was not put together with the most care, let's say. If you have a young team and LeBron, you should just let that young team develop with LeBron. You don't sign every homicidal crazy veteran in the league onto one team. Like, they had an offseason where they signed, I shit you not, JaVale McGee, Rajon Rondo, and Lance Stevenson, all on the same team, all expected to lead the same bench unit. These are literally crazy people. These are crazy people. Like, if you had any one of them on, like, a desert island, they would end up stoning Mr. Piggy or Piggy within the first, like, paragraph or two of this Lord of the Flies chapter. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There wouldn't even be a book. They're crazy. And then you're expecting them to jive with LeBron, who likes things at a very, like, certain, you know, pH level, pH balance. You know, so it's not going to work. It kind of reminds me of the Kings last year, where the Kings have... All this young talent, you know, with DeAndre Fox and Bogdanovich and Heald and all these guys. And then who did they sign? Zach Randolph and 42-year-old Gray Balls Vince Carter, you know, who I love Vince Carter. But why the hell would you give those guys playing time over the experience of younger players, you know? And the NBA much more so. Then the NFL, you have to get young guys' experience. They're not going to get that in practice. You know, they need the PT right there in front of people. You know, playing face to face with the great with the great players of this league. So when I look at the beginning of the uh, beginning of the year and I saw Rajon Rondo wasn't starting, I was like, what? You know what I mean? And then you have Lonzo coming off the bench, and then you have Ingram not able to find his spots, and now there's uh, they've signed. Tyson Chandler, another veteran. It's like if you want this thing to work years down the road, you have to start with building LeBron into this rotation at a foundational level with the young guys. And that means starting Lonzo, who's a great player. So that five has got to be like Lonzo, Hart, Ingram, Braun, Kuz. Do you feel like they even that's how they should go? I feel like they just want it to be like boom. I think you're right. right I think that's the issue. They're very kind of like they're being pulled in different directions. That's a very astute observation, Lori. Because, yeah. like, I'm getting the sense that they very much want to just get Kawhi. Yeah. You know, they just want Kawhi and then John Wall and then put together a team like that. You know, but at the same time, they're playing whole, this whole lip service idea uh, to developing these young guys, which I think is a much more prudent path forward because, one, I actually believe in the Lakers' young talent – um, I think Ingram can be the best second guy LeBron's ever had. Mm-hmm. He can be the closest thing to a Pippen that he's had. Because the cool thing about Ingram is he's developing as a ball handler, uh, especially in terms of running the pick and roll. So Brandon Ingram can actually be a point four that runs your offense. Then you have Kuzma and Hart, who those guys just play with such great grit. 
and determination. Like those guys make winning plays on both sides of the field or both sides of the court, I should say. And then there's Lonzo, who's much maligned because of who his father is. Or I call him Black Donald Trump. You know what I mean? There's, there's, uh, so he has that whole kind of issue around him where he doesn't actually get fairly and properly evaluated. But if you looked at the analytics, defensive analytics numbers last year, mm-hmm. Lonzo Ball was a top five defensive point guard his rookie year. He has lent a guard on the ball, and he's a great team defender, and I think he was top five in assists. You know what I mean? Oh, so shit. you have a point guard who's top five in assists his rookie year, top five uh, analytically, defensively in terms of, of analytics and then you have his shot at the end of the year three-point shot reaching 40 percent and he's 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 not quite as good as jason kidd young jason kidd with the ball by the way if you ever want to see the best ball handler i've ever seen in my nba watching time like watch jason kidd's first or second all-star game it is fucking ridiculous but lonzo is like very much jason kidd light which i mean in such a complimentary fashion, like like a lot of if you're a younger guy listening to this in in you know mid twenties or something, you probably just remember old J Kid who's just shooting threes for the Mavericks. That's not J Kid. Real J Kid is one who can't shoot worth a shit, but who's just diming up, passing dimes, and sleeping with Tony Braxton, Jim Jackson's girlfriend. But that's another dish. That's, a whole that's another, another bad. That's, a whole that's another thing. group work issue that we don't need to get into. That's yeah. a that's a thing though too. Oh yeah. Oh, a group Damn. work. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, the group work flirtations are always fun, right? <laughs> Late hours in the study hall, the library. But um, but yeah, so that's one reason is I actually believe in the Lakers' young talent, and I actually think that LeBron fits in terms of a modern five with Kuzma, or modern starting five with Kuzma at the five. And number two, the timelines work better. Mm-hmm. Everything right now in the NBA is based off of timelines. So if are you trying to win now or are you trying to win two or three years from now? Because I thought the whole plan for the Lakers was to win two or three years from now when the Warriors didn't loom over this particular timeline, yeah. you know, like Gogeta or, or King Kong, because it's their league right now and it will be for the foreseeable future, it looks like. So I actually like the idea of, of building around that young talent where you're kind of you're kind of like, so LeBron is 34 now, or he will be next month. And then you have kind of LeBron is 36 and 37. That team is priming. And what's LeBron like the, is starting to settle. What's the... And they'll be good then. They'll be like ready to go. age range. When, do, when does someone out. stop playing It depends. Basketball. So, like, it, it, really, it really depends on who we're talking about. So what makes Carmelo kind of a disastrous and sad situation is Carmelo is 32 or 33 years old, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think Dwayne Wade is like 35 or 36. Kobe was 38 last year. So that can give you some type of scale, you know? Mm-hmm. So Kobe was past his prime. I would say an NBA player's prime usually ends at 31 or 32, okay? Usually. Unless you are that great Hall of Fame upper tier, you can extend. Yeah. Extend that prime. So, you know, I, th- I still think Kobe Bryant could be, you know, 23 points a game on a good NBA team now. You had MJ, who was still very much in his prime at the age of 36. When he retired, I think LeBron will be in his prime until 37 or 38. Chris Paul is another player who's getting older, but, you know, has still been able to use his skills to extend um, extend the arc of his prime. So there's players that can do it. What's shocking with Carmelo is it just fell off right away. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
it's like he gained a couple of cup sizes and that was it. It's you know hard I mean? running with boobs. It is hard, it's running, hard running with boobs. With boobs. Yeah. So the Lakers um, are another situation where the group work dynamic isn't really working, but they need to put the brakes on it, man. Because whenever you form these super teams, they always have a problem getting together. And oh, especially yeah. with the Got Lakers egos. with so much young talent, right? But speaking of egos, we also have DeAndre Jordan, who uh, is causing problems in Dallas for my favorite rookie, Luka Doncic, you know? Um, apparently, he's rubbed teammates the wrong way with what they perceive as selfish play. The most blatant example being when he stole an uncontested rebound from my guy, Luka Doncic, by putting his forearm on the prize rookie's back and tipping the ball away, right? Which you would think you would think like teams wouldn't actually get, you know, so into a like reality show fight over a situation like that. But then what happened this past week? My favorite thing in the history of the last 10 years of the NBA. Warriors, KD, Draymond Green going at it on the court, yelling, the B word being thrown, all kinds of words being thrown. Did you see this fight, Lori Douglas? I did. It looked like a Real Housewives of <laughs> New York kind of fight going on right there. Real Real Housewives of San Francisco Bay. Like, Just what is, like, that's like, like, ostensibly, so if you don't know what happened, um, uh, the two, Durant and Green jawed after Durant yelled at G uh, Green, obviously displeased that Green did not pass him the ball following a rebound by Draymond that set up the final possession of regulation in a tie game versus the Clippers. So Draymond stole the rebound, and instead of giving it to Durant to bring it up the court, one of the best offensive players in the history of the game, he takes it up by, uh, by himself and just completely fucking duffs it into a double team that goes regulation so these guys blow up but you know like a fight like this like i feel like it's almost like one of those roommate fights you know we're just like simmering and oh, it's yeah. simmering there's no way this was just this issue nope. like it's much more than this it has been to be beefing for for a while they have had a little bit of a history haven't they? they they it seems like now it's coming out that they've had a little bit of a history draymond green actually drew a suspension for reportedly calling Kevin Durant a bitch, uh, repeatedly following the defeat against the Clippers. He was pu punished for conduct detrimental to the team. Um, <laughs> yeah, but Durant was so obviously mad about Gre Green snatching the rebound from him and then refusing to pass the ball so Durant could take the last shot. Durant screened something <laughs> along the lines of, pass me the fucking ball. After yeah. taking a seat on the bench, which is what I tell Tommy every time we play pickup, pass the goddamn ball. Tommy's trying to go in with his short shorts like John Stockton over there, man. People underestimate my handles, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you shoot like Rick Barry, that under that underhand two, <laughs> two from the free throw line? I mean, that's just statistically the most effective way to shoot. Yeah. And I know I take too many sky hooks, but, you know, yeah. Jabbar was my idol. <laughs> Tommy's got a hot look on the court. He's got that like, uh, he's got that like... Uh, that Michael Sarah from Juno. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michael Sarah from Juno, if he like made every single shot with a hundred percent field shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So that was that was me. We were beefing like KD and Durant. So Durant tells him to pass me the fucking ball. Uh but Green didn't like being called out because you know, Draymond Green's not exactly like the most, you know, obligatory person. And whatever he said back to Green wasn't diplomatic. 
the exact exasperated chuckle and head shake from Durant at the 35 second mark is in this article saying the international sign for I can't believe this fucking guy. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins got in separating Green time to lock it in to which Green can repeatedly uh, be heard saying he's a bitch. Um, meanwhile, Durant is being sued by Angru Ingodala, to whom he appears to be saying, come on, man, I'm trying to win a basketball game. Like this reminds me also of that episode of Seinfeld where they find out Jerry and Elaine find out that that couple broke up. You know what I mean? And they're oh, like, yeah. oh, my God. Oh, my God. They broke up. And like Elaine's racing to like ask the guy out on a date. And Jerry's <laughs> racing to ask the chick out on a date. Like the whole NBA is just sipping tea right now. Oh God, just watching from far away. It's so exciting to me, Lori Douglas. Do you think this could open up a path to the NBA actually being maybe competitive and breaking up this fucking Warriors domination? Could be. They you might know? just break up on their own. They just might combust. Oh, it would make me so There's happy. There's a good chance. It would make me so happy. I mean, how are they going to settle? Do you think that they, after the game they go and fight? Or they talk it out? Uh, well, that's a very good point. This is why the NBA and Twitter work so well. I think the NBA fits into this whole 24-hour league uh, social media better than any other um any other sports league for various reasons, but one is its ability to capture the tea and the drama. So I guess, um, blah, 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 blah. According to Marcus Thompson, the second of the athletic things spiraled in the locker room to the point where some members of the Warriors, uh, don't even want to bother trying to recruit Durant for another season. There's even the opinion that the team has lost its shot at retaining the superstar, uh, and free agency after what was said in the heated argument. With what was said, there is already no way Durant is coming back, one a Warriors player told Thompson. The only hope is they can see this summer. CKD, we've got your back. Um, we protected you from Draymond. The other thing, like during this scuffle, um, Draymond repeatedly also called out the fact that Durant was going to leave the team. Yeah. Like, why won't you be here? Why won't you leave the team? Which to me is so amazing. I've never seen like a real-time argument like that in the NBA because you always speculate about shit like this because there's been lots of rumors with Durant, like lots of rumors and stuff, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but you never like actually believe, know if they're true or not. They're kind of like the Mueller rumors in the times. Because you're always like, oh, Mueller's going to indict Don Jr. Oh, Mueller's got dozens of sealed indictments. I'm like, I'm waiting. Like, let's go. It's Friday. You know what I mean? I don't have shit to do. I'm just waiting. What am I going to do? Go to the mall? (laughs) Fuck that. Do people still go to malls? You know how sad feeling it is to be in the mall on Wednesday at 1130? It's a very sad feeling. I think if you're going to buy something, no. No. But what if you're just going to hang out? Like just going to hang out. Yeah, that's sad. Like Like, on a Wednesday, I'm just just going to go... To the Beverly Center. Walk around. <laughs> yeah, like the mall rat scene where yeah. Jason Lee's talking about how Superman would have to wear a kryptonite condom. Yeah. Because otherwise he would just shoot a batch right through <laughs> Lois Lane's womb, which actually I think makes sense. I never even thought about like the ejaculation of a superhero. You should think entails. about it a lot more. That really changes it all. With for the me. passing of Stan Lee, you should really start <laughs> getting into some of these really, really interesting questions about superheroes. Which one would you rather be, Batman or Superman, if you had to choose one? Batman. I, he seems richer. Batman seems richer. What about you? 
I mean, Batman's a better superhero, but I'd rather be Superman. Yeah. Well, how is Batman even a superhero? He's, he's not, not a really. superhero. But he's a compelling, uh, you he's know, a individual. Compelling character. He like can fight really well, right? But he doesn't have any superpowers. Like is Douglas. he like stronger? A little bit stronger than other people, maybe? Well, because he does push-ups. Yeah. <laughs> not for any particular like reason. He doesn't have. What makes us stronger? Stronger than Superman is his wealth. Particularly since Citizens United. <laughs> Am I right, guys? He has more political power. Am I right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> Am I right, guys? I guy? mean, Batman can form an unregulated super PAC <laughs> to influence any election he wants in the country. That's power right there. Superman can't do that with all of his powers. There's nothing like that Superman can do. He can't fly. That's pretty fucking tight. I would tight. argue Sheldon Adelson has more powers <laughs> than Superman. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, so I don't know. I just hope this leads to like a complete. Uh, fractural structural breakdown of the Golden State I Warriors. It would make me it. so fucking happy. I want the league back, Lori Douglas. I want the league back where there's the drama. You know what I mean? Because I feel the, like there's been drama though. People spitting in everyone's face. Like I feel like that there's more fights happening right now. Oh my god, than, it's like, been so petty. Hence the group work even NBA like preview. With the NFL too. There's like a, fights going on there. I feel yeah, like. Man. Which it's NFL like fights are dumb because you're wearing a fucking well, helmet. You're just like bopping each yeah, other. Yeah, you're just around. like, yeah, hey, what are you doing? You're wearing a helmet, buddy. You know, <laughs> here are the two different fights NBA and NFL fights. You have to remember, these aren't, everyone's like, oh, they're big and they're tough and they're scary. These guys, on, for the most part, are huge vaginas, for lack of a better term, Lord Douglas. Huge because vaginas. Huge, 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 huge vaginas. Because they've been the most coddled individuals. For their entire lives. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Since prep school basketball, these guys have never had to be in a fight whatsoever. It's the classic hold me back scenario. You know those fights where you're like, hold me back, hold me back? Yeah, NBA fights are completely hold me back. NFL fights are stupid because you're wearing armor. You're not just wearing a helmet. You're wearing literal armor. And there's, I love it whenever they take their helmet off and they throw it at them. Yeah, that's also dumb, you know? I think Which is funny. why you don't want to get in a fight with Raiders fans because they wear pads to the game. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> they wear fucking and pads. And they have a lot to be angry spikes. about right now. Like, what are you, the fucking Legion of Doom? <laughs> what was that? WWE Hawk and Animal? Why are you wearing pads to the game? Are you fucking crazy? Take it to a whole nother level. You have two mortgages. Why are you painting <laughs> your face? Why are you painting your face? You're a grown man. You know my other issue with jerseys? Let's hear them. You shouldn't wear a jersey for somebody who's younger than you. You know yeah. what I mean? You should. What, what do you think this that, that makes you? This is a Sean Joshi rule of life. So then no one would be wearing jerseys. Wear jerseys of people that are older than you. Okay? So I, w- I could wear a Peyton Manning jersey. Fine. I'm still... So basically you're saying someone over a certain age can only wear retired players. Yes. Yes. I think it would be silly and ridiculous if I walked around wearing a Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is 22. I hate that though. What the fuck? What the fuck does he know? I'd fuck him. And I'm like, no, he's 22. Yeah. Well, that's just female. That's just female empowerment these days. Yeah. I mean, it's still fun, but it still just like makes you feel old. You want to know how? You want to know how I felt old the other day? So the I remember the first time. Uh, I was uh, taking number two, a doozy. It was uh, sophomore year of college this summer, and I was looking at a Playboy, and I was reading the facts about the Playmate. I love that you guys read porn while you shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was just flipping through a Playboy. 
Yeah. Reading her facts. Well, I can control I myself. You have certain friends uh, who have what's called the poo woo. What is? I'll just say a first name, Andy. He's got the poo woo. That's where you would get boners on the toilet. While you're shitting. A poo wood. A poop wood. Um, Shorten for poo woo. Poo woo. Yeah, but that is not what happened in this. But that means scenario. that means something. That means something. Probably else. But so I was <laughs> I was staying there, having a number doozy. Interested in this young woman's interest. What are her interests? What's her sign? So I fold out the insert and I'm reading the text and I see how old she is. I'm like, holy shit, this woman is younger than I am. And I felt very old there. Okay. It's the first time that happened. That happened to me recently in a different way. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams is 32 years old. I was like, what the fuck? There is an NFL coach younger than me. I'm officially old. And then how I knew I was really old was because of Mohammed bin Suleiman, <laughs> the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. After he hacked up that journalist, Jamal Khashoggi, I was like, holy shit. There are now brutal dictators that are younger than me. That's nuts. And it, it harkened me back to my first Playboy days. So because of Mohammed Bowensaw, and Sean McVay, I now feel like an old person. You feel like an old person. Yeah. And you should only I bet, be I bet Sean McVay has never in this world been related to Muhammad Bonesaw before. No, never. We got it first. Can we get theme music for Fanatics first, Tommy? Fanatics. I think that was our racing segment intro, Tommy. Doesn't it? Does that it, was supposed to be it, a bone saw. Doesn't our doesn't our fanatics first segment end with the? Remember that tag? Da da da! Fanatics first. Remember that? Can you cue that yeah. one, Tommy? Good. Ba ba ba! Fanatics first. There we go. There's our fanatics first that music. Was that was the only place for sports news. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a new one I've been working that's on. That's a new cut. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, before we get too much NFL. Yeah, well, it actually sucks because um, what were we talking about? Da, 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 da. Where was, oh, the, the group work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just getting back to the league. Um, so it, it would be great if the Warriors fractured because now the Eastern Conference actually looks great. And I can make an argument. If I was an argumentative man, Laurie Douglas, yeah. I can make the argument that one through five, the East is actually stronger. Then the West is this year, which they want to do that whole like uh, realignment that we should realign. This is why realignment is dumb. The division should matter. OK, why else have divisions? The whole time I was growing up, the Bulls and the Eastern Conference were so much better than the West. And then it flipped. And now it looks like it may be balancing out. That's why you don't change the divisions, you know, but hopefully they suck so that we can get some diversity, yeah. you know, in like the finals matchups because the East actually looks pretty good. As I said in our Matthew McConaughey NBA preview, okay? <laughs> that And I did Magic Mike for the Milwaukee Bucks for the coach Mike Bullenholzer who came from, Sacra or came from San Antonio via Atlanta where he was 61 and 20 or whatever with those, that, those great Hawks teams, pace and space, helped modernize the NBA with his pace and space. He has taken that approach to Milwaukee and they have absolutely taken off. Their offense has taken off. They're like 10 and 3. They look like world beaters. They just went into Golden State and I'm pretty sure they beat them or they lost very narrowly. So uh, Magic Mike Budenholzer has completely unlocked that offense. And then you have, of course, the Toronto Raptors, views from the six, where one Kawhi Leonard, a cornball he may be, we have forgotten, is actually great at basketball. And he has them like 12-1, and one, the best team in the NBA. Who would have thought the Toronto Raptors? So there's a lot 
a great stories in the East. Um, of course, the one that is dominating right now is Jimmy Butler to the Sixers. And, you know, going through my sports life, Lori Douglas, mm-hmm. there's always teams and within eras that I hate more than other teams. As a Cowboys fan, I'm sure you ran into some of those Definitely. through the year. Who are some of your most hated teams, if you remember? Probably the Eagles team yeah, the last Eagles. year was up there. But 49ers. The ni- oh, the Niners back in the yeah, day. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah, but I hate these Sixers. I find everything about them to be annoying. Not not even like from the way they when were constructed. Develop? Like when when did this hatred I just think they're annoying. I think they're annoying. I think Joel Embiid is the most annoying player in the NBA who talks shit like he's earned something, but he hasn't earned shit. The other thing is they regularly get pop and heat over my Pacers, even though we beat their silly asses so many times last year. And I thought we would. I wanted them. I wanted them so bad in the playoffs just so we could take them the fuck out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And they were actually my over under uh, team this year in Vegas in terms of if I had 30 grand, I would have bet that they would have won the under in terms of what their win total was. But I'm so glad I didn't do that because I didn't see them doing this trade for Jimmy Butler. But it really sucks because I wanted to show the world how bad of a team they were and how actually they were uh, their roster construction was really flawed. They didn't have enough shooting. The last 17 teams they played last year, which they went on a 17 game win streak, 16 game win streak, were all under 500. And the 17th team was the Pacers, who we beat their silly asses. So, you know, I was really excited to kind of have a 4-5 matchup with them in the first round. Um, but the problem is, I think they're going to be good now, you know? Yeah. And Jimmy Butler just adds to their annoyance. He is so annoying to me, dude. Um, but they're going to be pretty interesting. Um, but maybe not in ways that people said. This is also going to be an interesting test of the modern NBA and modern NBA offenses because the Sixers didn't have enough shooting before. Okay? They were light on shooting, which you need to have shooting. And they already had space issues due to the fact that Markel Fultz all of a sudden can't shoot. Seriously, I have a better jump shot than Markel Fultz. And I also have a better jump shot than Ben Simmons. They're starting two NBA players who don't have high school jump shots. Like, they have serious spacing issues and serious flaws, which the uh, Celtics absolutely exploited in the playoffs last year. Okay? So the best shooters on their team outside of J.J. Redick was Robert Covington and was Dario Saric. And now both of those guys are going to be in Minnesota, which I think, you know, that team is actually going to fit together a lot better now. But you have serious questions in terms of Philadelphia of where the shooting is going to come from. So it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. But their defense is going to be at like a ridiculous, like at a monster type level. You know what I mean? They just have so much length and athleticism. It's going to be really fun to watch how like their their probably league leading defense is going to match up to their offense. What will mitigate that though is that they have go-to scores in the crunch. So teams like this that don't have a lot of shooting um, where they usually suffer is in crunch time when they need go-to baskets, but these guys have two people that they can go to, one in Jimmy Butler, uh, and obviously now in Joel Embiid, that they're really going to be able um, to close out games. So it kind of sucks because you have – it does. Because now the Pacers – you know, I really thought the Pacers could have snuck in there and gotten a series or two. I know everybody's sleeping on We play with heart. We play with passion. We play with de- determination. That's Hoosier basketball. Do you know why, Lori Douglas? Why? Because in 49 states it's just basketball. But this is Indiana. Well, not this. This is Los <laughs> Angeles. But you know what I'm saying. You get the point. 
you know. But one is going to be the Raptors. Two is going to be the Bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, three is going to be the Celtics. Four is going to be now the fucking Sixers, and five is going to be my Pacers. <laughs> my Unless Pacers. we play with the heart and determination necessary to get to home court advantage, man. But I don't know. So Jimmy Butler is annoying to me. He reminds me of some of reality television's most annoying bad guys. And if you know two things about me, Lori Douglas, if you ask my friends, what are two things that Sean Joshi likes? My friends will tell you 18th century Russian literature and reality television. (laughs) Give me the hills and give me Leo Tolstoy. I will be a happy man. Okay. So Jimmy Butler reminds me of some of my favorite reality TV bad guys. Would you like to hear some of my favorite reality TV bad guys? Dying. 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 I'm on the edge of my seat. Dying. A lot of people forget about Johnny Fairplay in Survivor. Now, I respect this just in terms of strategy and tactics or tactics and strategy. What's the difference? I don't remember the difference. I think strategy is overall. Yeah. And tactic is a specific implementation. So this is more of a tactic. So uh, on Survivor, you got to have one family member come and bring you something or come and say something. So here's what Johnny Fairplay did. In a move host Jeff Probst called Despicable, uh, in this pre planned lie, Fairplay had a visiting friend tell him in front of the whole group of survival cast members that his alive and well grandmother had died, that she was supposed to be the one to visit. But his friend comes and says, sorry, Johnny, your grandmother passed away. Shut up. And the grandma wasn't dead. The grandma wasn't dead. He played it. Even the producers were like, were like, oh, my God, that's so sad. So he actually played it up and he played that lie all the way to the final three group. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? It's fucked up. Yes. But it's, you got to do what you got to do to yes, win. Yes, of course. And then amongst my favorite reality TV bad guys are Spencer and Heidi, right? Yes. Of, of the hills. And then what many people would think is my favorite is Kristen, who is now married yeah. to Jay Cutler. That's who I would think. In what is one of my favorite reality shows of all time, an original Laguna Beach. People forget about Laguna Beach. Laguna Beach is like the OG of like a lot of modern reality shows. Oh, for sure. I would say it reignited it. It took the real world formula and it put the production value of a regular TV show on it and downplayed the reality and upplayed more of the drama. Completely. Right? Completely. And a beach. And a beach. And who was the star of the show? Not that lame ass LC, okay? It was Kristen Cavallari. And if you don't know what 2003 was like in America, 2003 can pretty much be summed up in this one scene, okay? Are you sad because you didn't go to the wave? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, Jessica doesn't surf, so it's not like well, she was amped on like the whole surf yeah. thing, but Alex is going so she can make up with Alex. Yeah. Maybe she's mad that I kissed Jeff. I, I, like, it wasn't... I don't think she's mad, but I think she, she's probably kind of like, damn. She would want to like Jeff. Well, I like, know. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and she wouldn't tell me if she was mad. No. She wouldn't. And she would act like she didn't care. Yeah. Which- but- Jesus is giving me a headache already. Lori Douglas. Epic dialogue. I imagine this is what most of your high school conversations were like. What was a young Lori Douglas talking about in high school? Was it like this? Oh, my God. Jeff is going with Alex. Oh, my God. Alex is going with Jeff. Oh, my God. I want to make out with Jeff. Oh, my God. That bitch better not make out with Jeff. I feel like that's everyone's conversation. Oh, really? (laughs) 
I just talked about Bruce Campbell and Evil Dead a lot. <laughs> that was my high school thing. I went, I went, I went to the first prom. I went to the first prom. I went to first prom. First prom? Junior prom, I went to. Oh, you guys and got then, two proms. Yeah, and then senior prom, I was like, oh, this is gay. I'm not going to prom. Mostly because no one would go with me. So then I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to go. <laughs> I'm boycotting. I'm not going to go. I'm not. I have to tell my date. I'm not going to go. <laughs> she lives in Canada, guys. She was going to come, but I told her <laughs> I not swear, to. My girlfriend, she lives in Canada. You wouldn't know her. She just modeled you in. Yeah, so I watched, I went and watched Freddy versus Jason instead, you know, <laughs> which was very good. But um, my favorite reality show of that era, my second favorite reality TV bad guy of all time is Tiffany New York Pollard. Do you remember New York? Oh, yeah. This was, what are your memories of New York? Lots of fights. Lots of fights. Now, this was like the golden age. Like, you know how Hollywood has a golden age? Yeah. And it was like, I don't know what it was. There was the silver age and the golden age. This is like the golden age of reality shows when VH1 was doing like surreal life, flavor of love. And then flavor of love begat I love New York. You know what I mean? And then I love New York. There was uh, Rock of Love, which was about Brett Michaels giving various people herpes in the mid 2000s. Like, seriously, Rock of Love was the most disgusting reality show I've ever seen in my life. Like, do there's a thing in L.A., okay? If you go down to the Sunset Strip, next, like, the Whiskey-A-Go-Go, Viper Room side, there are people there that still think it's, like, 80s hairband era. Have you seen this? Have you seen these people? I try to go out of my way not to. And they walk around with their goddamn leather pants and their wallet chains and their like whole fucking things and their hair like, you know, it's 1987 and they're going to go to a Motley Crue music video shoot or something. Yeah, they're all extra. It's completely ridiculous. So Rock of Love was uh, a show about all those Sunset Strip rejects. Uh, trying to sleep with Brett Michaels, which, which is, like you can do pretty easily. You, like, can, you don't need yeah. to go on a show to do that. <laughs> you don't need to go on a show for that. Yeah, yeah. I, you really don't need to. Don't I feel like to. Brett Michaels is probably pretty open to the idea. I bet he'd fuck you. I don't. I, even I think have Brett to Michaels would fuck you, right? I think he would. It's like it's like if we had a reality show, Tommy of Love, oh, and all it. these people are just trying to complete to sleep with Tommy. It's like Tommy, Tommy will sleep with you. I mean, if you push me to the edge, like if you literally, if you, if you literally push him, he's very frail physically. I thought we were talking about Tommy Lee for a hot second. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, I mean, he'd probably sleep with you too. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what he's doing. I think he's sleeping with everybody. I think too. like Tommy Lee Jones is a little bit higher than Brett Michaels, right? A little now. bit, a little <laughs> bit. But doesn't he have the HC? What does he have? The, what is HC? Did I just make up one? Oh, hepatitis C. Yeah. Oh, hepatitis. Oh no, that's Pam. Pamela has but that. But didn't she get it from Maybe him? Maybe she got it from him. Who knows these days with these crazy kids? <laughs> but so Rock of Love also had Daisy of Love, which was another shoot. But my favorite oh, Daisy, Daisy of, of Love. Love. Daisy was one like you know one of these flea ridden people on Rock of Love who got her own show. It's kind of a bachelor bachelorette situation. Completely, okay. Completely. All right. But my favorite. In this golden age of VH1 reality television shows was New York, and I love New York, and every everyone she faced. So here's just a short clip of New York doing her New York thing, her Jimmy Butler thing. You're not going to walk over there? Nope. You're not going to walk over there? You're out of it. You're out. I really don't. You're out of it. You need a manicure. You need a bra. 
Nibbles is dirty. She's trashy. She's slutty. There's something really, really gutter butt about Nibbles. That dress is two sizes too big. I see. I love that gutter butt. There's something really gutter butt about Nibbles. But of course, who could forget the greatest moment of the show when a woman pooped herself on television? I'm going to be honest. I was like holding it, and then out of nowhere, it's like my stomach was just like, bitch, you got me. I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom. So, like, it just like pushed itself out. No. You're on my floor, man. And it could have happened to anybody, so. The girl on my, on my floor. I like something, because she's, she's real with it. She's like, yo, check this out. Baby, this is who I am. There's a wild gorilla running around loose in that bathroom. <laughs> I honestly think there are great moments in television, okay? The Berlin Wall falls. Humans land on the moon. This woman shits herself on Flavor of Love. What was her name? I don't know. But was you know nibbles? what you got to do to draw the ire of Flavor Flav? <laughs> you oh know what I mean? Oh, my God. Yeah. That's pretty much how I felt about the Jimmy Butler trade. You can't bounce back. 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 You just got to quit the show. You can't do it. You can't do it. Yo, if you bounce back from shitting your pants, you are the slickest motherfucker Be of so all time. Thickest. Of all time. And it was floor. just a shard at that point. It was just a shard yeah. at that point. It was you, just a shard. It happens to all of us once a year, yeah. once every couple of years. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, Who are you? I mean, it depends. Yeah, depends you better than me? You better than you me, Lori Douglas? Than me you think you're better than, than, me? than me? But that's exactly how I felt about the Jimmy Butler trade. That is my second reality villain. And of course, the number one reality TV show villain of all roll. time. Tommy Drumroll. Drumroll. Although she does have a very nice figure. I've said that if Ivanka weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. You know? <laughs> and there you go. There we the go. number one reality <laughs> TV villain of all Is a reality time. villain. Is a reality villain in real life. But uh, yeah, um, if you had to vote between, like honestly, who would have a more stable working environment in the White House on a day-to-day -day basis? Would it be Flavor Flav or Donald Trump? Pick one. Let's take a quick vote. Oh, man. Who do you think would be a better president? Like, in all honesty. I I feel like Flavor Flav would be a better president. I honestly. When it really he was comes wearing down to the clock, honestly, for sure. Yeah, I honestly feel like at least he wouldn't <laughs> miss, like, you know, uh, meetings at cemeteries and stuff, right? I honestly feel <laughs> Flavor Flav would be a better president than Donald Trump. You know? Yeah. yeah. It would be I don't know, equally entertaining. Texas. It would be equally entertaining. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, that is that is that is our group work. Group work. Group work. NBA catch up of the season. Tommy, cue the music. Boom, boom, boom. We're here together in a group work. It's amazing how the song changes every time. It's, it's like more that one and more was to my it. favorite. Yeah, but if you. your team uh, sucks in the NBA, um, never despair. Even though Jimmy Butler is traded. Um, there are a few names that will be out there. Kemba Walker, Vucevev, Trevor Ariza, Derek Favors, Goran Dragic, and maybe Kevin Love when he gets back. We'll see what the Cavs want to do with that. Uh, then other than that, I'm also so smart because I told you about the NBA scoring, Lori Douglas. The NBA scoring has been crazy this year. Five teams averaging over 120 points a game. Okay. 
Um, and with that, let us go to our NFL catch-up. Tommy, do we have um, – I'm looking here. I'm not seeing Lori's top five NFL team music. Can you give us that real cute, real quick, Tommy? Lori Douglas, team top five. Hell yeah. You like that? You got your own intro music now. Yeah. All right. What do we so got? Top five. I'm excited for this. Right now. We're starting to get into the the nut me part of the NFL we season. We really it's are. It's getting exciting. We are. And damn, number five. Number five. Let's go into it. Who do we got? Steelers. Maybe? Steelers are number five, guys. Okay, black and yellow is at number five. What's black been going yellow. on with this? They kind of snuck back in they there. Did. They did. I, I mean, their they haven't offense even been on my great. radar. Their defense is doing some things. They're, you can't like their the pass rush is, is great right now. Yeah. yeah, they're doing it, and they're leading the leading the NFL in sacks right now. Are they really yeah. leading the NFL in sacks? Yeah. Ah, oh, that pisses me off. They're my fucking. Colts were number four in the league after yeah. the first four weeks. And yeah, now no, they're, they're dropping off completely. <laughs> Got him too. And then you have Le'Veon Bell is not going to be reporting there. No, but I think he's good. You think Le'Veon's good? I think he's good. I think they're going to be fine without him. You think? Yeah, James Conner. And this goes to show you another Sean Joshi theory, okay? A Sean Joshi. You need a theme music for I that. I need a theme music. Sean Joshi theory, we Tommy. Need... Keep ding, it. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I played the wrong. No, that, I played the wrong. You, I played the no, wrong. No, I think that. I think that should be it. It should be ding, ding, ding. No, no, I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm sorry. No, I'm very sorry. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Let me just scroll down. Yeah, yeah, I find the right no, track here. Sean Joshi theories. <laughs> yes, you should have heard him explain the volley last week. That was great. You nailed that one, Tommy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but um, here's you don't pay running backs and you don't draft them high. James Conner is a perfect reason why. Le'Veon Bell wanted to get paid Todd Gurley money. Wants to get paid. Want him to roll up the fucking Brinks truck, right? Mm -hmm. But why would you do that? When you have an unheralded, I don't even know what was he, fifth round pick in James Conner stepping in and and pretty much in his first year, not eclipsing Le'Veon Bell's production. If he's not matching it, he's a shade short, okay? Yeah. So why am I going to pay Le'Veon Bell record-breaking money at the running back position when really I think where the NFL has moved, and I've been saying this for years, and where it's going to continue to move is you have to have backs by committee. First of all, forget the moral obligation of it. If you have one guy running against a brick wall yeah. 35 times a game, he's going to get broken down over the course of a season and over the course of a game. Marion I think Barbarian, the Barbarian was like a good example of that. When he was with the Cowboys, he was fucking crushing exactly. it. Exactly. But it, it, he, there's no longevity in that. You there's can't do it. You, there's no longevity in that. That's a, that's a great point. So, like, you know, the Falcons this year before uh, uh, Coleman got hurt, they actually had three functional running backs that they can use. I think it's going to move more and more in that direction where you're going to have two or three Two or three, um, two or three running backs that every team has, and it's just mm -hmm. gonna have to be that way. Because there's no point in wasting draft capital on these guys when they're gonna wear out in two or three years. It's the it's the most physically demanding position in sports. It's really something that should be done by committee with two, three, four guys, um, and that way you actually have a chance of of being fresh. And you know, almost anybody can walk into that position. If, if you can hit a certain number of metrics, meaning you can hit the hole in a quick enough fashion. Yeah. You know, you know how to follow blocking. 
you can block. You know, the one of the thing that holds running backs the most from being able to play is the ability to the ability to pass block mm-hmm. and the ability to catch the ball out of the black backfield. If you have a running back that can do that, like you know, Tommy can hit the hole in the NFL all day, baby. All you day. You know what I mean? Because you're only gonna get three, four, five yards maximum based on blocking most of the time. <laughs> so it's 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 so rare that even a transcendent talent can get you more than that. So that's I would say that that's Sean Joshi's theory of life. Don't spend draft capital or really real capital on running backs. That and don't hire New England defensive coaches. Thank you. This has been Sean Joshi's theories of life. Sean Joshi. Yeah. Lovely. But uh, I hear Le'Veon next year. Some targets for him are they can go to are the Raiders, the Jets, the Bills, the Niners, and I think the only place it could work is with the Pats. He could be on there. They also have the Colts on there, but I'm not going to mention that because I know Chris Ballard, our GM, and he's not going to spend money on a running back. Who else do we have in our top four? So four is going to be the Chargers. The Chargers! The Chargers! <laughs> Why I, the Chargers? I feel like they have like one of the best receiving cores right now. Yes. Aside from the fact that their like field goal situations not really panning out for them too well, but what's going on with their field goal situation? Because I know they had that cool looking uh, Korean guy that I wanted to be so good last year, and he ended up being terrible. Yeah. So what they did? They haven't gotten much better this year. It's cost no, them and then games. They, they cut last at last week or the week before. They cut their field goal guy. Oh, did they? Yeah, really? Yeah, they cut him, and then they put a new. Bo- I can't remember who they put in, but I yeah. still have an issues. Dude, I've been kind of. I'm gonna be straight up with you. I've been kind of sleeping on the Steelers and the Chargers um, this year completely. Uh, for a lot of people, reasons. a lot of people aren't really like paying attention to the Chargers, but the Chargers have good players. They have like close to as good of players as the Rams. If they you really have, look at them. they have a lot of talent. Um, because you know the thing about the Steelers is you know the the way that defense started the year, it kind of seemed like they were just kind of short on talent and they mm-hmm. weren't going to be able to put that together. But the Chargers, they do the same thing every year. They got all the damn talent in the world. They got that supercharged offense. But it seems like with uh, Joey Bosa. You know, that, that number one, their number one last year, the great uh, Ohio State defensive lineman and uh, the safety they drafted this year, Derwin James, that, um, that that defense is putting it on some people. They're kind of coming together and, and, uh, and playing like competent NFL defense, no? Yeah. That's fantastic. Okay, the Chargers. We'll see if they can be consistent. Consistency is always the key with the Chargers. Um, but I would totally be down with the Chargers, you know, dethroning New England, somebody else. Coming out of nice. coming out of coming out of the fucking AFC. Who else do we have? So, oh, should we watch this Philip Rivers abstinence video? Yeah, that I let's love do it. So let's much? do it. Here's Philip Rivers. I don't understand why grown men care about other people's abstinence. Yeah, you know I've never I mean? really even. Yeah, so Philip Rivers is super Jesus, like uh, to the point where he feels like he should be going around the country telling little kids not to touch each other. You know what I mean? Mm. So this is a video that uh, that that Philip Rivers did for the St. James Catholic Youth Ministry where he talks to them about fucking. I picked out quarterbacks that, that I like to model after as far as the way they played and their enthusiasm and intensity. And I think that's the hardest thing today for kids is the media, commercials, movies. They, they skew everything and create this image that uh, is not so good a lot of times. And, and, they, and, the, and those are the ones that people look up to and they're considered role models in society. So I think it's very important that a role model doesn't have to be somebody that's famous. A role model can be your mom, your dad, your your aunt, your uncle. Sometimes for me, it was those people to look up to, uh, to how to live your life and, and live within the faith. I'd like to think I don't have to try any extra 
to to create an image that's not myself. Just be myself and let that. Well, this be the is role lame. Model. I thought oh, this is him talking sweet. about fucking. He sounds way too sweet. So sweet, we can't make fun of him there. Lame. Nobody's going to be perfect. Lame. I don't agree with that. It's only sex education. I will say that. Well, he's just a goober. He's got one of those goober faces. You know what I mean? No, no. Like you don't strike me as a woman that watched Dragon Ball Z. Mm-mm. No, Tommy, did you watch Dragon Ball Z? Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah. What's up, Virgin Force? <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, he, remi- you know, who he reminds me of Tommy. Look at his stupid face. He reminds me of Captain Ginyu. Okay. In the yeah. Frieza saga, and you know Ginyu Force would do their stupid dances. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's got Ginyu energy. He's totally Ginyu. Okay. <laughs> What's his power Ginyu. level? Uh, virgin power level, virgin. power level virgin, power level virgin, same as me, same as you, Tabby. Uh, yeah, I think an ongoing theme in our show is when I try to live queue up videos and it never works. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. With that being said, with that being three. said, so three the Rams, the Ramis the down Rams. in three, Damn, three. For what did me. the Ramis ever do to you? Did some Rams player come into the parlor? Yeah. And he didn't tip me, and then I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm not putting you guys in my top two anymore. Didn't Kevin Durant try to have a threesome with one of your oh, friends? Oh, yes. Kevin Durant tried to have a threesome <laughs> with two of my friends. With two of your friends? With two of my with friends. two separate threesomes or one threesome like with two one of your three friends? Friend, threesomes, one with two of my friends. Oh, really? You know what he wanted his nickname to be? What? The Servant. Oh. Yeah. What do you think about it? And then black people were like, maybe you shouldn't name yourself the servant. I know. <laughs> well, well, I, don't, I don't even know why. And plus, Kevin Durant is a guy who gives himself nicknames. You don't you give, can't give yourself, yourself a nickname. nicknames. I had a friend in high school who gave himself the nickname Crash. <laughs> oh, I was like, bro, because he crashed his dad's friend's Corvette during prom. I was like, this is the lamest. I'm not calling you Crash. The only time I will call you Crash if I slap you before every time I say the name Crash. That's the, <laughs> that's only, the only way I'm way. going to fucking that's do the it. the only way. You don't give yourself your own nickname. No, to that's servant. sad. You okay. can't. So how'd that go down? He walks. Where, where did where did Durant meet these ladies? They met. He met him out, and then I think they met like, and then they all went to a house party, and then the house oh, party turned okay. into like a room wait, party. Wait, 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 wait. So let's set the scenario. They are now out in Los Angeles at an HHS. Yes. A Hollywood hotspot. Yes, yes, yes. Kevin Durant has approached these two ladies at a bar. Yes. Or at a club. At a club, not a bar. Like, we're, they I went hang to out at bars. They were at clubs. They were at his table, and then he was like, we're going to go uh, after so, party. So, okay, so the move, first move was, hey, how you doing, ladies? Yeah. Second move was, come to the VIP. Yeah. Third move was, hey, let's go to the party. Yeah. So Kevin Durant is thinking, I'm pretty good. Yeah. So far, these ladies are saying, yes, okay. They're into it. They're into it. And then it. what happened? And then they went to the house party. So they went to the house party. Is it in the hills? Yes. Of course, of it's course. in the hills. Where, where else would it so be? So we're at a party in the hills. Party in the hills. Are Kristen and Elsie there? And have they resolved their differences? Or are they still this beefing? This is actually about them. This is them. <laughs> is it Kristen this and Elsie? Kristen and Elsie. Holy shit. So they're at the hills. They're at the hills. The hills. Now they're at, they're, they're at a house party. Now the house party has turned into a room party. Yes. Now in this room, is it just Katie It's like them both just women? like pass, going to sleep. Like everyone's going to go to sleep. And then he was like. Oh, they're all going to go to sleep. If I was Katie, I'd be like, I'm totally getting it in. I really don't know the details of this situation. Oh, so Katie got it in is what you're no, saying. No, no. He definitely didn't do the threesome. He did a one some while the other one was there. I'm sure he did. Which I guess, like, if like if you touch the other person, does that count as the threesome? <laughs> so he got if it. You in, put the hand on the ass. Does that count? Does that count as a threesome? If my girlfriend from Canada counts, that counts as a threesome. Okay. Yeah. So so we're having a situation here. They're all passing out in one room. One of them 
So he's hooking up with one and the other one is just acting like they're passed out. Yeah, well, I think they both like were passed out and then he like, like, I don't really know the situation. I think he was probably trying to proposition both. Yeah. And then only one succeeded. Yes. And the other person's just like. Was there the whole time? Acting like they're sleeping. Now, I've seen porn like that. I didn't know that was real. Yeah. I didn't know people actually did that. Yeah. People, I mean, I think for the most part, you it's just it's like, do you get like, up and leave? It's usually like stepsister. It's like when you wake up and there's two people fucking next to you and you're like, yeah. what? It's like stepdad has sex with stepsister while mom is sleeping. That's, that's that genre See, that's, of porn. That's, that's, you know what I mean? That's a whole nother genre of shit. Well, you know, porn's been real weird lately. Can I just bring this up real quick? What's with all the incest? You know what I mean? Like, I just type in X videos, da-da-da-da. So much of incest videos. I don't get it. I also, too, like, started watching porn more, and it's yeah. like, everything's teen. And I'm like, no, I don't want to look at teens. Like, I want stop old gray balls. throwing in teens. Just I want stop. Old swinging That's scary. Gray balls. Uh, do you have any Kevin Durant awkwardly sleeps with one while the other is sleeping porn place? Yeah, that's the <laughs> ideal one. That's awesome. And what was Draymond Green doing? Was he knocking on the door outside? Hey, He was KD, like, give me the ball. Give let me, me the get ball. In. Quit being a bitch. You're being a let bitch. Let me get in. This Maybe. is why he's leaving. Completely. That's great. That's fantastic. Okay, so who else do we have? Segway. So t- two is the Chiefs. Chiefs. The Chiefs at number two. Yeah. What's going on with the Chiefies this week? They're awesome. They're, I think that they're on fucking fire. That's a really good team. They are a good team. I Eric Berry's back. Eric Berry, my second favorite Berry after Mary second. Berry. Judge on, <laughs> Mary Berry. Judge on British Baking, the Great British Baking Show. I watch reality shows of you every culture. You fucking live for reality shows. I can give you my top three British reality shows if you'd like that. <laughs> okay, let's hear them. <laughs> Number one, uh, the Great British Baking Show. Number two, The Only Way is Essex. Number three, Made in Chelsea. And number four, bonus. I'll even give you a bonus. Oh, God. Oh, bonus. <laughs> Jordy Shore as your oh, number four right up. Yes, yes. Okay. And that's the Chiefs. Who else do we have? And that's the Chiefs. And then number one is the Saints because the they're Saints. fucking awesome. Fuck the Saints. I hate the Saints like so the much. I the Saints right now. Uh, if, you know, if. I was going to say something bad about Hurricanes, but, you know, that's what you get for ruining our chance of getting paid in second ring with the Colts. I will never forgive them, Uh, ever. I would hate them. I hate them so much. Why don't you do more pills, Sean Payton? Why don't you raid your medical cabinet, (laughs) do more pills, and get fucked up, and, you know, do another onside kick and fuck up the playoffs because I hate you. What I didn't notice, or who I did not notice on your particular list, was the New England Patriots. Yeah. No New England Patriots? No New England Patriots. Why not any New England Patriots? I just don't think they're going to do well on the road. Hmm. I don't think that they're going to be able. I mean, I think they're definitely probably going to make it. They're going to make it. They have to. The AFC East is so terrible. They're going to make it. But I just don't really feel. I feel like they can be shaken a little bit. I hope they'll be shaken. I mean, the Titans put something on them serious. Really did. They put something on them serious. Um, Yeah. The Patriots, I don't know. I've been reading a lot about the Patriots lately. My whole thing with them, though, is it's always you always got to see where the Patriots are at in week 16 or week 17. It's always too early to count out the Patriots. They just cover up their weaknesses better than any other team in Mm -hmm. football. And Belichick's ability to turn 
positional deficits into positional strengths. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing. And I'm just thinking about their defense last year, their defensive line last year. With the first six, seven games, I mean, the first four especially, you could have said it was one of the worst units in football. Mm -hmm. And it ended up being one of the best. So, you know, and I've talked about it before. You know, the Patriots used the first four games of the regular season the way other teams use the preseason. They're still figuring out what their personnel does or or how it fits into what they're trying to do. Um, But it's it's, it's really interesting because, you know, with the defensive changes – in the NFL, it's harder to play defense um, than ever. And in a weird roundabout way, a lot of people are thinking this is going to kind of hurt the Patriots' uh, dynasty and ability for that to go forward because what the Patriots did so well was cover up those weaknesses that they had. And now if everybody is having those same weaknesses and everyone has those same deficiencies because of the nature of the game and how it's changing – uh, it also hampers New England's ability to gain value yeah. by masking those deficiencies. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. But it's kind of, you know, what's going on at the pro level in the NFL is really interesting. And they're going through a similar thing with the NBA in, in terms of scoring output, which is something, you know, you weren't here for NFL preview, but if Tommy remembers, I talked about how this was going to be the season, the highest scoring season in the NFL as well. Remember yeah, that? I remember. Yeah, and it, it's turned out to be that for, for a couple of different reasons. Um, but, you know, one thing that I think that people don't really get about the NFL, which is super interesting to me, and it's something that I'm really only starting to really appreciate now, is how much at the pro level the coaching is behind the rest of the game. The most innovation um, in coaching, uh, especially in offense, comes at the collegiate and at the high school levels and not exactly where you you may think. If you talk to NFL people right now, they'll tell you the offensive coaching and the scheming far, 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 far outpaces what's happening in defense right now. So to put it in other terms, NFL coaches, you can say, are are in 2018. They're really where college coaches were in 2015. And NFL coaches are still, uh, NFL defensive coaches are still 2009. Mm-hmm. So they're playing these old defensive groupings and schemes that these guys, these new coaches like Lincoln, Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma, who's going to be the Browns next coach, um, that these guys are just busting their old schemes because they know what to expect. And these guys aren't changing it. So you have a couple of different guys uh, at collegiate and high school level who are changing that. Mm-hmm. And not only is this innovation happening at the collegiate level, where is it happening at the collegiate level? So some of the most um, groundbreaking scheming, and if you want to see where the future of the NFL is, where the future of football is, it's not even in Division One. It's not Division Two. It's in the NAIA, you know, which is second-tier college football. It's where Carson Wentz come from. Um, if So if you were to ask guys like Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma – like who who do you think could stop my offense? Who can stop some of these? Um, who can stop some of these collegiate you know superpower offenses? They'll tell you Travis Johansson of Grand View Valley University <laughs> of the NAIA. You know, and they'll tell you guys like Jay Bateman, who's the defensive coordinator at Army. Yeah. And what these guys are doing 
is in response to this run um, play option offense, this RPO offense that's going on in the NFL and this kind of, you know, the spread dynamics that they're using within that, um, they're developing positionless, a kind of positionless um, defensive schemes where you don't have those traditional positions where, all right, your your third or fourth um, corner, you're going to have a third or fourth defensive back is going to be a corner and they're going to cover the slots, you know, and your defensive linemen are going to line up with three fingers down, yeah. three point technique, and they're going to bull rush. You know, no, what they're doing now is instead of having cornerbacks at those extra D- DB positions, they'll insert safeties who kind of play as hybrid linebackers yeah. who can still get into coverage. So they won't actually have them commit to run pass. You know what I mean? Yeah. They'll just have one gap and they'll, they'll have one coverage area, you know, because right now what's going on with RPO, they know what matchups are getting. They're getting a lot of screens and a lot yeah. of picks. So if you simplify the offense like that and if you have it more positionless like that, it makes it harder for opposing quarterbacks and opposing coaches to know just how the defenses are going to line up and even what positions they're going to look at. Yeah. Because now, not only do you have that happening, so you're having these safeties take uh, take the place of of your uh, nickel, your nickel cornerbacks and stuff, and your those safeties are acting like hybrid linebackers. You're having your three down linemen actually drop into coverage now too, you know. So it, what you see kind of in zone defenses in the NFL, but this has been com- taken to a completely different level, you know. So if you want to see the future of NFL defense. Look no further than watching, you know, your army game on Saturday, and you'll find out what will happen. Who would have thought? Huh? You'll take a peek at that, maybe. You'll take a peek at that. Any other NFL thoughts this week, Lori Douglas? No, that's gonna be it. I saw some some interesting stuff, like just uh, just like little short stuff. One, Lamar Jackson uh, may actually start this weekend, which will be very interesting on the Ravens to see Lamar Jackson in that scenario. Uh, I saw something very interesting. Do you know the Washington Redskins? There has not been a single lead change in a single one of their games this year. Really? Not a single lead change in a single one of their games this year. That's fucking nuts. And perhaps my favorite story is a New York Jets fan got pulled over for a DUI. And when asked for reasoning, uh, he simply replied, because the Jets suck. <laughs> I know you got bills. The bills fucking the slaughter bills. them. I know. Every right? time I see the bills now, I think of you just bitching about the bills. Oh my god! <laughs> so I fucking I sit. Lashawn McCoy scores twenty eight points. I don't want to bring this up, but I am zero and ten <laughs> in my fantasy football. I lost last week by less than one point. Two weeks ago by like three points. Our favorite if win both games. It's ridiculous. You know what? I can run an NFL franchise. I'm pretty sure. I just can't run a fantasy football team. And with that, <laughs> let's go to the news, Tammy. Do we have news music? This changes every week, too, for some reason. The news. <laughs> I'm Tommy Wakefield, and today's big story is the Grinch, who stole the marketing scheme. <laughs> <laughs> Walter Cronkite, fucking Walter Cronkite over here. (laughs) The Grinch has the weirdest marketing campaign of the year, incorporating it into the NBA. They have had players, Joe, JaVale McGee, dressing up as the Grinch in a giant suit during a press conference. Yeah. And they have also had a commercial that runs 
where J.R. Smith takes a phone call from the Grinch who just trolls him about the finals last year. I think we have that clip, right? Yeah, let's play it. I, I love J.R. Smith. I would just hate to have him on my basketball team. Yeah, you know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. He takes off his shirt as he sits down. <laughs> J.R., Grinch here. Grinch. Let's talk about last year's game one. <gasps> Yikes. Dude, it was last year. Let it go. You're right. No turning back the clock now, huh? <laughs> Not funny. Only time will tell how... <laughs> okay, there it is. JR, my boy. Have you ever friends had to three some of JR Smith? That seems pretty likely. Uh, no. No? JR's got to pick up on his game. And how did that movie do this weekend, man? The Grinch absolutely smashing the box office three hundred and forty-five point one million dollars on a budget of one hundred and twenty-three. Have J.R. Smith promote every movie, man. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, what else? Anything else good at the box office this weekend, Tommy? Uh, one thing about the box office: the girl in the spider's web only made about nine million, which and is way below release. what expected. That was a new release. I've never seen them so completely fuck up a franchise before. Oh, yeah. I mean, those were the biggest books, like to the point where it was like adult Harry Potter. Yeah. Everybody was reading those books, and they were great books for what they were. You know what I mean? And then you have uh, you have a Rooney, one of Rooney's kids, the Giants owner. She does the role for Elizabeth Salander. Oscar nomination, the great David Fincher. Yeah. Directed over $200 million. Daniel Craig, James Bond. It's a Blancvist guy. What the hell happened to the sequel? I don't... They don't make sequels. So this one that they made is the fourth book, which Stieg Larsson didn't even write. So he skipped the second and third to the fourth one. Doesn't make any sense. Makes no sense. Get Fincher <laughs> to do it. They should let me run Hollywood. Not only could I fix the bills, I could fix every goddamn movie. I swear to God. That's it. Lori, you got to get out of here. She's yeah, got a show at the La Brea Improv, guys. Yeah. Um, I got my show November 26th. The other thing I was going to mention, I'll mention again next week. Uh, like I got shit. My girlfriend says I have bad planning and bad timing. <laughs> <laughs> like like I told everybody we're moving the show to Monday and then I never told them that we're just staying to Wednesday. So guys, we're staying on Wednesday, 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 Wednesday. And I'll mention it. I'll mention it at the beginning of the next episode to Wednesday, 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 Wednesday. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Listen to my theories, guys. Okay? He's got a lot. And I tell you only when I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Love you guys. See you next week. Bye. I didn't realize. Next time, just signal. You can leave. It's okay. You can. You can. You can.